On today's episode, find out how a completely chance encounter with a stranger tears an entire family apart. Hey, Carbo Crime Mates and Erin and all my carb killers. You know what? It's fine. I'm fine with that today. <laughs> How was your Christmas? It was so good. My son asked for a fire truck and a real fire. And I was like, a real fire? And he was like, yeah, for my fire truck. So my house didn't catch fire. That was well, a good. positive you thing for Christmas. didn't just give him Christmas. some matches? Because I probably would have done that. <laughs> I did not. But he did get a fire truck. So he was pretty stoked. How was your Christmas? It was good. Um, it was a little rough because just my family, it's been a little tricky because my dad is gone and so it was a little more tender this mm. holiday so it was really sad christmas just brings out all the memories and it's only yeah. been a few months so it was a little hard on everybody but it was good and i got i feel like everything i gave tanner was very practical so i welcome to married life here you go here's some running he really wanted running tights because he thinks he's gonna go run outside and you have to I'm wear sorry what like like leggings for dudes kind of that you wear under shorts or whatever because if you're running outside and it's freezing then yeah so i had to find those <laughs> so i felt real cool buying those online <laughs> i didn't even know that was a thing this shows how athletic i am yeah. they call them running tights yeah, I think that's what they call them. I don't know what else. That's what I call them. At they're least. so tight. Because they're tight. They accentuate all the oh my gosh. places. Okay, we're good here. <laughs> Doesn't his mom listen kidding. to this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone in his family knows he has a good butt. It's whatever. Oh my gosh. He's so over this. It's fine. Oh, but yeah, Christmas is good. I got him some other stuff. I got some good stuff. It's great. Nice, nice relaxing time. Plus, I haven't had work for... This is my second week off work because I work for school district and so it's on school schedule even though I'm not like a teacher so I've had two weeks off so that's been good good for you (laughs) well needed (laughs) I feel like that was salty (laughs) how didn't you have a good for you (laughs) I mean good for you but also good for you You that's how I feel about it yes okay well it's it's good no it's good i mean i've had years that i worked retail that i was like working christmas eve i know tanner so i yeah i get that a lot of people have to work over the holidays so i am lucky tanner was that person so it's fine um also it's new year's eve tomorrow and i'm hoping that this new year's Uh, is trash who's ready for 2021 I know Tanner was like somebody's got to scream Jumanji at the end of this year because (laughs) we got to make sure it stops (laughs) yeah that's valid but probably not we usually go do like friend parties and stuff but that won't be happening this year so yeah it's It's all good also eat a bunch of good food it'll be great yeah that's what I really think of when I think New Year's I think all the food I used to enjoy like getting dressed up and going out to parties and stuff but now that just sounds like a lot of effort (laughs) Tanner's probably listening to this and is like, wow, my wife sucks. It's fine. That was even before there was a pandemic. It's a so. good thing you look good in sweats. That's all I'm going to say. I do not. Your girls gained a lot of weight. It's fine. Oh, Lucy. You the look sweats great. look good on anybody, so it's fine. Yeah. Gotta love the sweaty pants. That sounded weird. Not sweaty. Just sweat. Sweat pants. I wouldn't want sweaty pants. 
Well, that's about the purpose of sweatpants because you're supposed to exercise in them, so then you get sweaty. Well, yeah, that's not what mine get used for. Okay, me either. <laughs> okay, my mine I will call them lounge pants because that's what they are. There but we really, go. Loungewear is a big deal now. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah, but everywhere? I've noticed other people's loungewear is like what you're talking about. It's like tights and it's very form fitted. I don't want that oh, for you mean lounging. Leggings? I no, want, like I still my husband's thermal shirts and that is bomb because they're just baggy and dude warm. a bunch of places like all like the online stores and stuff they're all coming out with like really comfy loungy clothes boom i am all over that I'm i will buy all that of trend. that right yeah up. that's how i feel it's all fine uh so yeah i hope everybody has a good new year and hope you make some new year's goals <laughs> just kidding mine and aaron's will not be to eat less carbs because that's part of our whole deal so yeah. we don't even have to worry about that this year it's, it's nice. fine we should our our goal will be let's get more than six people <laughs> to listen to us. We have to mention that at least once every time. I do. Also, if you want a great New Year's song, there's a New Year's song by Taylor Swift. Oh my <laughs> gosh! On New Year's Day, Lucy. Wait, now I'm like questioning if that's what it's called, and I have to look it up. Also, I have to make an amendment. In that episode of Daryl Hunt, I said that the song "Nobody No Crime" by Taylor Swift was was track number seven. That was wrong. It was track number six, and I felt embarrassed. Okay. Oh god. So I. Just... I don't think anyone even knew to correct you. What? Yes, they did. Even on bands I really like, I feel like I don't know what track number. You don't? I feel like I. Okay, it is called New Year's Day. Go look up Taylor Swift's New Year's Day song. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. We will all run and out and do that, Miss Lucy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Today's episode is a good one, and it's one that was fairly recent, but. Make sure you stick around for Carbs Corner. We are going to be talking about Jeremiah's, which if you haven't heard of Jeremiah's and you live in the Ogden area, you're crazy. But if you live outside of the Ogden area and you haven't been to Jeremiah's, you should definitely go because their breakfast is Yummers. to die for. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really popular place. So we're going to talk about that. Aaron got a scone. I got pancakes, or not pancakes. I got French toast and... We have lots of good things to say about that. So stick around for Carbs Corner. So with that, we're going to get into today's case, which was actually also suggested by one of our friends named Whitney, um, who also listens to our podcast. So we're really grateful she's so for sweet. Whitney. <laughs> yeah, she is sweet. She mentioned this case and I had forgotten about it for a little while, but it's definitely a good one. And yeah, so here we go. And I've never heard of this case, so I'm which excited I'm a little to surprised by because... The case I'm covering is one you probably have heard about if you've watched the news whatsoever over the last oh, few years. I don't do so, news. You don't do the so, news. This is gonna be I good. don't do the news I anymore either. I just read the news on my phone, but we, me and Tanner don't have cable anymore, so we probably should get that, but it's fine. <laughs> Awkward. I need to be better. So, although according to Reuters, only 0.1% of reported missing children are abducted by a stranger, which equates to between 115 to 350 children per year, which to me still seems like a significant amount, but for the whole country, it's not as big of a percentage as you would think, but this story will make even the most trusting of parents want to keep an eye on their children at all hours of the day and possibly install a bulletproof still door at the entrance of your house, just saying. But great because I needed that. Justin's yeah. gonna come after you. I know because I, I was like, like I was I literally am already a helicopter mom because oh, of I know what you we are. do. <laughs> 
I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Well, yeah. And it's so funny because literally yesterday I was talking to my sister-in-law, Melissa, and she was talking about how her kid's going to be going into kindergarten. And I was like, oh, like, it'll be fine. And she's like, yeah, but you just don't know. She's like, and I'm on itch because I always listen to crime stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) I know. And then I looked up this case and I was like, oh, this is a case I'm doing. So now I feel bad for being like, he'll be fine. (laughs) So whatever. But okay. So in October of 2018 in Barron, Wisconsin, Jamie Kloss was going about her normal routine when one day a mere chance encounter would change her life forever. You see, as she waited at a curb while the bus pulled up to her stop, just like a normal day, lights flashing, a car came down the street behind the bus also and stopped for it as it waited for Jamie to get on. And that's when it happened. Sitting idle in his car, a man named Jake Patterson spotted Jamie with her green eyes and strawberry blonde hair. The 21-year-old man was on his way to a new job at the Saputo Cheese Factory. Saputo, I hope I said that right. <laughs> factory in El... I'm thinking Cheese Factory. I'm all over that job. Yeah, I would like that job as well. <laughs> but this was in Alamina, which is just a little ways out from um, where they were in Barron. And this was a job that would only last several days because a new plan started to consume him. He had been going from job to job after dropping out of the Marines, and he never held any job for longer than a few weeks because he had started fantasizing about abducting a young girl, especially like to the point it was affecting his ability to work. Well, at least with this job, it was. Oh, my god! He quit that job eventually because... Yeah, because of this. So he started fantasizing about abducting a younger girl, especially because he preferred younger women to women his age. So he liked the younger ladies, which is a no-no and really creepy. So knowing nothing about Jamie, Jake immediately decided that this was the girl he was going to kidnap. So whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just like so roll on it. Kate, hold up. He literally just saw her get on a bus and he he's like, she's going to be mine. Yeah, it was. She didn't do anything. She didn't talk no, to him. No, she. And it was for seconds because he was behind the bus. The bus stopped. And I'm she sure she on. wasn't the only kid there. I mean, at, at that stop, I believe she was because it was like one of those kind of rural places where they stop outside your house. So he literally just sees her. So he the kind bus of has a general takes. idea of where she lives because there's only a few houses that oh she could have been gosh. outside of. But it seriously was every parent's worst nightmare because this complete stranger just chose their these people's daughter After at random. Her for yeah, just a brief, just a second. Yeah, Ugh. he decided to abduct his his victim, and it didn't happen that first day he saw her. Though Jake returned three more times before <gasps> he finally executed his plan. Three more times. Three more times. But the first two times. I mean, he had tried, but he had just been scared off from different reasons. He saw cars in the driveway, a few other things. And so on the third time back was when he executed his plan. Jake was super methodical in his preparations. He wasn't sure just how many people lived with Jamie because once again, he, he didn't know, know anything her. about yeah. her. He, you know, and oh he only, he only freaked out. Can we stop? Yeah, it's just freaky like done. because yeah, he seriously and the family had no idea that he was stalking them. Right. Nobody did. And the only thing he knew for sure was that he was going to kill anyone else who he found in the house to ensure that his identity would remain safe. So not only was Jamie in danger, but her family, which at this point he had no idea how many people that was. 
Other precautions were taken to keep himself protected. So first, he decided to use his father's 12-gauge Mossberg shotgun, since it was a fairly popular gun, and it would be difficult to trace, so that's why he chose that gun. And when loading the gun, he even wore gloves and wiped down the bullets afterwards to clean off any fingerprints that may have led the police back to him. Are you talking, like, after the, the shell, like, exited the gun, he picked them up and wiped them off? Good. No, so he... He put the gloves on, and then before he put them into the gun, he wiped them off to make sure that none of his fingerprints were on there. So he was he was cleaning up after his tracks. I just can't believe that he was he was thinking about what gun to use based on how difficult it would be to match to something else. Oh yeah, he was definitely all over that. He's like, this one is super common. They're not going to be able to find it or track trace it to me for any reason. So that's why he picked that one. Aside from that, Jake also shaved his head head and face so that he wouldn't risk investigators finding any forensic evidence whatsoever. Are you kidding me? No. So he shaved his whole face. He prepped his car by switching out license plates with a random parked car that he found. Oh, so that on the off chance they did see his car. If police looked up his license plate, it wouldn't be registered to his name. It would be to whoever random person he took off the side of the street's license plate. So he has thought this through. Yeah, he definitely has. He's like I said, he had been fantasizing about doing this for a while. And so he kind of had a clear idea of how he needed to do it. And he was pretty confident he wasn't going to get caught. So aside from that, he also disconnected his car's dome light so that once again, on the off chance anyone was watching, they wouldn't be able to see his face. And then he cut the cord in the trunk that made it possible to unlock it from the inside. <gasps> So he was already planning on sticking Jamie in the trunk and he made sure that she wouldn't be able to get out from the inside. Okay, public service announcement. Don't own a car with a trunk. We were car shopping last week and Justin's trying to talk me into a car and I was like, I will not have a trunk. (laughs) And and it's like, this is why. Yeah, it makes you look like a freaking creeper. Uh, Also, side note, if you ever are in a trunk, kick out the tail light. That's what they say, but I feel like that sounds a lot harder. And I'm a big person to be stuffed in a trunk. You have a lot of kicking room. Me, on the other hand, I'm going to be all squished in there. You're just really tall. Yeah. How how easy is it going to be for me to kick out a light? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe you and I should do a demonstration of this at some point. <laughs> we should, like, YouTube it. <laughs> this is how you do this because that's an important information to know. It's true. Because you'll see why. So... Like I said, Jake was just not taking any chances. He was super confident that he would get away with this. And that is a pattern that you'll see throughout this whole case. He did not think that he was going to get caught. And so this all just really freaked me out. I don't know about you, but I'm like, could somebody be plotting my murder and going to extreme lengths to make sure they don't get caught? That's terrifying. And I'm not trying to side with him by any means. But I mean, when you're saying he felt confident he wasn't going to get caught... Everything you're telling me makes me feel like he's not going to get caught. I mean, he took such extreme measures yep. that it's like I can see why he felt confident in oh, going through for with sure, this. Because um, you'll see later that it was pretty effective for a while and they really didn't know where to even start looking for somebody who did this. So before we get to that point, though, <laughs> early in the morning on October 15th, Jake put on a mask, steel toed boots and a black jacket and then drove 70 miles to the class home. So I also think that's important to note is that he lives 70 miles away. Oh my god. From this place and he had come back twice before this already. Mm. And but it also just kind of added to his whole reasoning of him not getting caught cuz it's like, "Oh, you're clear across the state." Yeah, that's true. He's not like even a little in the ways. Area. Yeah. And so that night, Jamie and her parents, James and Denise Kloss, were asleep in their beds when Jamie woke up to the sound of their dog barking. Oh my gosh. 
Bless dogs. Get a dog. dog. I'm serious. And as she peered out the window, she saw a car and quickly went to wake up her parents to tell them that somebody was outside their house just being a creeper. Get the gun. Get the gun. Yeah. Well, while James grabbed a flashlight. So James is the dad. Lots of J names in the story. A flashlight's good, but a gun would be better. (laughs) I know. So while James grabbed a flashlight and walked to the front of the house, Denise took Jamie to the bathroom where they locked and barricaded the door with one of the cabinet drawers. So they had pulled out a cabinet drawer and like stood it up. So that even if like they got the door unlocked, they would this person won't be able to get in if it was somebody that was trying to break in. So the pair bunkered down in the bathtub and closed the shower curtain. And for whatsoever reason, Denise felt the need to hide, even though they all thought that it must be police officer of some sort. That's what the dad thought. He thought that it was a cop coming to their house for some reason. So, but they decided to hide anyways, <clears throat> which was smart on her part. But. James shined the flashlight outside of the window next to their front door and was greeted with a man's voice who yelled at him to get on the ground. James told the man to show his badge because, like I said, he thought it was a cop. Oh, my gosh. But as we all know, Jake Patterson was not a police officer. So Jake lifted his gun, pointed (gasps) it through the window of the front door at James. So basically it had, you know, like the shutter shutter door, screen door in front of it. So he opened that and there's a little window you could see through the door. Lucy, I have that window. I know. Okay. I don't like this. So he aimed his gun at James through the window of this door because he could see him even though he wasn't right at the door and he fired, which instantly killed the 56-year-old father. Oh my gosh, this this is already taking such a turn. Which, yeah, and this dad had no idea what was going oh on. He still thought gosh. it was a cop for all he knew. Well, and he's trying to be protective dad. Oh, oh yeah. I feel sad. It just gets more sad. So the door was locked, but James fired another shot at the doorknob, which he was able to then open the door. And once inside, Jake was on a mission to find what he had come for, which was Jamie. In total, he would only spend about four minutes inside the Kloss home. Jamie and her mother heard the gun go off and knew that James had to either be dead or horribly wounded. So Denise immediately called 911 on her cell phone. But when dispatchers answered, all they could hear were screams. (gasps) And when the dispatchers called back, they were answered by Denise's voicemail. But don't they still have to send somebody out? They do. But not quite fast enough. Oh my god! They were fast. Like they came pretty quick. But But four minutes. Four minutes is all it took. Are you kidding me? I just don't understand all this. So Patterson had stormed the home going from room to room, not finding a single salt. But what he did find was a single locked door. And as hard as he tried, he couldn't get the door to budge because remember, they had barricaded it with a drawer. Good for mom. But Jake was a big guy. So he was six foot one, 250 pounds. And he was determined he was going to get Jamie and he knew that she was in there. And so he hit it with his upper body over and over again, approximately 15 times or so. Until the door busted open. Oh my gosh. So Jake gets into the bathroom and immediately throws back the curtain for the shower and finds Denise holding Jamie super tightly in the bathtub. You know, she was a mother determined to protect her daughter, but try as she might, she She was was no match for him, huh? No, she was no match for the man with a gun. And Jake pulled out a roll of duct tape and told Denise to cover the girl's mouth. But I mean... For me, like, have you ever had a boss or somebody tell you to do something and they're watching over your shoulder while you're, like, trying to type or something? And that just makes it so hard to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so similar with this she was struggling to tear the tape and and do what he was asking so eventually jake put down his gun on the counter and then did it himself after which he tied up jamie's wrists and ankles and lifted her out of the bathtub Mm. 
James, Grab that gun, mama! James then... I wish. I really wish. Dang I thought it. the same thing. But James then proceeded to pick up the gun. He pointed it at Denise Kloss's head and turned <gasps> away as he pulled the trigger. Jamie witnessed the entire thing. Oh, my gosh. He that didn't even look at her while she was doing it. He turned away as he shot her. But her own daughter saw her be killed. Yep. Oh, Jamie my witnessed the whole gosh. thing. She's only 13 years How old. How traumatic for her. Yeah. Not to mention she's in immediate danger. So Patterson quickly dragged Jamie out of the house and across the yard to his car, where she was then put into his trunk. And Patterson got into the tar- the Taurus, that's the car he has, which is important to note, and he took off his mask. And he meant to speed away, but he was met with sirens and squad car lights <sighs> only... Get this. This is the killer. Mm. 20 seconds after he had started to drive down the road. No. So he slowed down and pulled over to the side to let the cops go by because he didn't want to look fishy. Right. Um, and this guy is smart like that. I mean, I think it's easy to be calculated and think through all this, but that shows that even in the moment, he's pretty calculated yeah, in what he, he does. He knew what he was doing. And so later on, the cops said they didn't pull him over because, I mean, they were on a mission to go to this house. They didn't know what well, had yeah, happened. Yeah, they don't even know that there's anything wrong They didn't even know what yet. had happened, so they didn't know they needed to pull over a car or anything. Oh. But the cops just kept driving past him. But they him. literally drove past him. Yeah. If they had only been able to get there even 30 seconds sooner, they would have seen his car in the driveway. Yeah. And it was 20 seconds. Oh, like, my god. That's gosh. all it took. They were so close. So one of the first officers to the scene found James, the dad, on the ground, and he thought that it just must be a suicide situation, but quickly he realized this wasn't true when they found the busted bathroom door and lifeless Denise sitting in a pool of her blood. And they quickly learned that this place was also home to a child and an Amber Alert was sent out to the state immediately. So what followed was a large community and law enforcement effort to find the missing 13-year-old girl. Because, like I said, they knew she was in immediate danger. Both her parents had been killed. So more than 2,000 volunteers joined a search party for Jamie. So way to go, Wisconsin. This was kind of a small town that she was from, too. But they all came together. No wonder it was a cheese factory. Yeah. (laughs) That just came together. (laughs) Way to go, Wisconsin. I know. I was like, you could have picked a more stereotypical job. Yeah. I just think that's great, though, that they had that many people show up to try to find her. But it's like you said, where would you even start? Because they typically would look at the people that either live close or people that are closely related or like have a relationship with this family. Yeah. And they were searching everywhere because they kind of lived not in a super busy area, like I said. So there were woods and things around. So they were looking everywhere they could, but couldn't find a lot. In the meantime, the FBI offered a $25,000 reward to anyone with solid information. That amount was doubled by the employers of Jamie's parents, which I thought was really cool. So $50,000 was being offered as a reward to anybody who gave them any type of helpful information that led to anything, obviously. So regardless of the reward amount, however, none of these tips led to Jake or Jamie. They were just gone, disappeared. So... The police even talked to an astrologer who had been recommended from a previous sheriff, which I thought was a little strange. I don't know if I've ever heard of them. I've heard of them talking to like 
psychics but not astrologers yeah which i don't know if it's like in the same level but the astrologer said he believed jamie was dead in a lake or a pond near her house and offered a generic first name of a possible suspect so the police found a sex offender in that area with the same first name and then they also searched every lake and pond that was close to the class home but it didn't get them any closer to finding jamie it was Mm. all just a dead end so Apparently, the astrologer wasn't super helpful. And I'm sure they are feeling rushed because typically with child abductions, it is so important. Those first few days are crucial. Super, super crucial. Yeah, because I I was doing some other research and I believe the statistic I saw was like 75% of kids who are abducted like that are found alive, but... 25% 25% is still a pretty big amount yeah. that are not. So yeah, no leads, nothing that, I mean, they had thousands of leads come in, but none of them led to anything. And the police, like you said, were scrambling to try and find something. But once back at his secluded cabin in Gordon, Wisconsin, Jake went to work burning any and all evidence, including Jamie's clothes, his gloves, and the duct tape. So once again, he was just covering his tracks hardcore. He gave her old pajamas that his sister had left there and introduced her to her new living space, which was under his twin-sized bed. So that's where she would sleep each night, and it's where she would have to stay any time that James went out of the house or had company or if he was mad at her, and sometimes she would be stuck under there, which they said was about a two and a half foot space from the ground to the frame of the bed. That is not a lot of space. So tiny. And sometimes she would be down there for as long as 12 hours without any food or water or even just a capability to move, which would be awful. I'm a claustrophobic person, so I don't know how she manage that because i would be losing my crap so in order to ensure that she wouldn't get out he surrounded the bed frame with heavy boxes bags and even barbells so even if she tried to push things out it was just a little too difficult and he would hear if she was trying to move anything and when family came to visit each week he would blast music in his bedroom and close the door so that if she moved no one would hear her which i thought was a little strange because i'm like dude if my parents came to visit and I just like had my music blasting in my room every single time and like closed the door even though I was out with them it's a little strange yeah but again my first thought wouldn't be wow my son must have a kid in there no kidding that's true Jamie did try to escape several times, but each instance, Patterson found several of the bags or heavy items slightly moved, and he would completely lose it or threaten her. His temper was pretty scary, and so she just didn't want to mess with it. And that probably makes her want to try to escape less because she just... Oh, yeah. I mean, when she's dealing with the repercussions of of trying to escape and having it fail well, yeah and plus she just saw him friggin' murder her mom in yeah. cold blood shoot her true in the she knows head. what length he'll so, go to yeah so she wanted to be careful but and plus she's a she's only 13 she was about 100 pounds mm. it says five foot so she's a small girl and there was a lot of heavy stuff around her and one time he even hit her so she stopped trying after a while which in turn led to an increase of confidence on her captor's part which Turns out to be a good thing. So like we've seen in so many cases before, a lot of times when captors like this or murderers or anybody get that confident, they usually slip up. So Jake eventually was certain that he had gotten away with the murder and kidnapping. So much so that once Jamie had been there for around three months, he decided to apply for a new job at a liquor distributor. And on his resume, Patterson even wrote that he was an honest and hardworking guy. Ooh, I don't like that at all. He's an icky human. Which, even if he hadn't murdered both her parents and kidnapped her, I still probably wouldn't put honest and hardworking, considering he's had, like, millions of jobs. No kidding. <laughs> can't keep I jobs just, for, like, uh, longer than 
a few days. So the three months that he's had her, he did not have a job. So he was there the majority of the time. Yeah, he was there the majority. So I he didn't, didn't think trust about that. that she was going to be gone or anything. So that made it even harder for her to attempt. Yeah, because well. the only time that he would leave was to like go to the store or go visit family. That was it. But then, like I said, he got really even more confident because he'd gotten away with it so far. And he's like, if they haven't found me now, they're not going to find me. Oh, I don't like this. Yeah. So on the morning of January 10th, which was she'd been abducted in October. So this is about three months after he left to take his resume into this liquor distributor. And he told Jamie that he would be back within a few hours. So Jamie waited for a little while. And once she had made sure that he wasn't coming back, she started pushing as hard as she possibly could against the barriers that were keeping her under the bed. And she got out. So once was he like feeding her and stuff? Yeah, I mean, he was. Okay. When and you'll hear a little more about that in okay. a minute. But once she was out, she unlocked the door, put on Patterson's sneakers, which she had actually put them on the wrong feet because she was just trying to hurry so mm-hmm. fast. She was freaking out. I don't know if you've ever played like hide and seek. It's this is kind of what that reminds me of, like hide and seek gone wrong. Like you know that the time's running out and right. you're trying to hurry, and yeah. she was just panicking. But she was also very calm. So she stepped outside into a super snowy foreign neighborhood. It was the middle of winter. She had never been there before. But miraculously, a woman named Jan Nutter, who happened to be a social worker, which I think is awesome, had made the odd decision to visit her cabin, which was near the Pattersons' home. Well, it was near their cabin, which is where jake was staying so she usually doesn't ever go up there during the winter but for whatever reason that day she had decided to go up there so around four o'clock p.m i said her name wrong before sorry it's Jeannie. was walking her dog when she saw an odd sight in the distance which was jamie walking in pajamas in the middle of winter so Jeannie immediately knew something was off and her first thought was that maybe she had run away but as the two walked closer together jamie told her that she was lost and needed help and then everything clicked for Jeannie because she had seen jamie's face on the news over and over again and she, so she recognized knew. who she had run into I mean, what are the odds of her being a social worker also? i know How awesome is which that? i think is super cool but Jeannie took Jamie's arm and they quickly walked to a neighbor's home and started frantically banging on the door, worried that Jake was going to come back at any second. Oh my gosh. I feel freaked out. So scary because he seriously could. And he obviously isn't scared to shoot people or well, do yeah. things like that. So they were really worried. So a woman named Kristen who lived at the home and her husband answered the door confused at the site, but Jeannie explained their situation and then told Kristen to call 911. So the dispatcher who answered almost didn't believe them. And <laughs> looking over the conversation, it was just a little frustrating. So I'm going to read this phone to call to you, which came from an article written about the case um, by CNN. So this is how the phone call went. So she calls 911. The dispatcher answers Douglas City County 911. And then... Kristen says, hi, I have a young lady at my house right now, and she has said her name is Jamie Kloss. The dispatcher then says, have you seen her photo, ma'am? And then Kristen says, yes, it is her. I 100% think it's her. Then the article says, Nutter soon took the phone. She said Jamie didn't know where she was, but had told them that a young man named Jake Patterson had killed her parents and kidnapped her. Nutter said he lived a few doors down from her cabin. And then Nutter says, we're kind of scared because he might come back. But the dispatcher was still stuck at the beginning, and she once again asked, quote, and she said, I am Jamie Kloss, basically saying, like, are you sure it's her? And so Kristen said, yes. She said, quote, she's quoting 
uh, Jamie at this point. He killed my parents. I want to go home. Help me. Finally catching on to the panic, the dispatcher assured the woman that authorities were on their way. And she said, quote, ma'am, my deputy, she just wants you to lock the doors and don't let the dogs out or anything. Just everybody stay inside until I can get deputies there. And then Nutter asked, are they close? We're terrified. nervous. You're locked in this house and you're just waiting. And you know, if she's gone, he's going to start going to neighbor's houses first. Yeah. And Jake at this point has been gone for a while. And he said he was only going to be gone for several so hours. So it could be so anytime now. Anytime he could be back. <gasps> so <laughs> she stayed on the phone with the dispatcher. But I just have to say, like, this phone call frustrated me just a tiny bit because they had already explained it. And she's still like, are you sure it's her? And I'm like, dude, even if it wasn't her, you need to get somebody out here because there's yeah. this girl saying, that she just she was ran abducted. away from being an uh, yeah from being abducted I'm like, I'm like just send someone mm. <laughs> which i get you have to be thorough but still once again yeah kind of like that was a, a little aggravating pal J- josh pal moment i'm like just send the people so as they waited for police to arrive Kristen's husband stood at the door with his gun keeping watch for patterson yes which okay for finally him. so they Thank at least you. had some type of safeguard but eventually the police arrived and not long after Jake had also made his way back home. Oh my gosh. Which really it wasn't hardly any time after the police that had showed up. That is terrifying. Yeah. So just in the nick of time. And Jake frantically is searching the house because obviously he gets home and realizes Jamie's She's gone. Not in there. So he was panicking and he got in his car and started driving around the neighborhood just trying to find Jamie. Police spotted the car, but when they told Jamie what it looked like, Jamie wasn't sure if the description they gave her was the right one just because she'd been through a lot. She didn't let's remember. Let's just err on the sh- like side of caution and let's just get this dude pulled over. I know, over. that's what I feel like too. <laughs> but, but the officers ran the plate number, which Jake had switched back to oh his own plate numbers, thankfully. Good, good thing. That's a good thing. So they confirmed that it was, in fact, Jake Patterson. So they were they able to pull him yeah. over. <clears throat> so when they did pull him over, they ordered him to put his hands on the wheel. And as soon as they opened the door, Jake looked at them and said the words, I did it. Oh, my gosh. He just fessed that up immediately. Easy. Yeah, because he knew he was SOL. Like, Oh, my gosh. Patterson pled guilty to the murders and kidnapping in March. So they found Jamie in January. He pled guilty in March, and then just four months after he was arrested, so this was in May, he was sentenced to two life terms in prison without the possibility of parole. Which I think this was super important to note because I feel like they got all of that done pretty quickly. He That's super fast. pled guilty, then he was sentenced, and Wisconsin doesn't have the death penalty, so they gave him two life terms. Um, okay. Which I know if you're thinking like, wow, death penalty seems like really far, but you do have to remember that he did shoot both her parents and then kidnap so it was a it was a lot yeah but he got two life sentences um and i do also want to mention here surprisingly but thankfully he had never sexually assaulted jamie which i was totally wondering that shocked me a little bit mm-hmm. considering that the whole reason that he had taken her is because he like yeah, liked is- younger girls and stuff but he jamie supposedly never said that he sexually assaulted her he didn't ever he told them everything and he didn't say he ever did so that's so lucky i mean yeah because that was my first thought is that if he's been plotting this for that long yeah just the fantasy he built up in his mind i thought for sure he had assaulted her so yeah yeah i definitely did too so i'm really glad he didn't because that would just make it a million times worse but luckily she didn't get sexually assaulted so a year later in 2019 so well it was almost 2020 the transcripts of his interview with police were released and jake stated well okay first i just have to say these are super interesting okay you said 2019 so this is recent 
Yeah, this was last. Wow. So this was a year ago okay. that the transcripts were released. Right. So this case happened only two years ago. But a year later, so the transcripts of his interview with police were released and Jake stated a few things, which I just think this is all really interesting on the stuff he says, but it kind of gives you a better look into what life was like there because they never released any of the interviews with Jamie because she's so young and they wanted right. to protect her or anything, but they could release his. And so Jake stated that at first when he had kidnapped her, he felt super guilty, so much so that he had even slept on the couch the first few nights rather rather than sleep on the bed that Jamie was shoved under. Oh, I'm sorry. He he slept on the couch rather than sleeping on top of the yeah, prison that was he like, had built for her. Yeah, that's like... Poor soul. I know. Poor guy. But he did say that he had felt guilty, which I'm glad he did, but I'm like, dude, obviously like, not obviously not that guilty. guilty. enough to do anything about and it. And that's what he said. So eventually that guilt went away, and he was just it all came I think because he said he felt more and more confident he wasn't going to get caught so in his mind it's almost like he didn't need to feel guilty about it what was done was done he was going to get away with it and she was going to be with him forever and in his mind the two had created a super strong bond of friendship they would talk whoa 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) they would talk they would play board games they would watch tv which is funny to me because he also said that she was terrified of him because he would threaten her and stuff. And so he's like, that's why she didn't usually try anything because she was so freaking terrified of me. But at the same time, he thought that they were besties. Friends don't hold friends captive. And I'm sorry, there is no way she's buying him a half sandwich friendship bracelet anytime soon. I mean, that is not a friendship. I know. It's bizarre and just super incorrect because she hated him. And he also said in that that he still loved her and that he wanted to talk to her again and he wanted her to know that he loved her. And I'm oh like, my gosh. dude. But he's like, yeah, I love her and you need to tell her I love her. Obviously, they never did that because Jamie needs to move on. But yeah, it's been traumatic enough for her, I think. Yeah. Terrifying. But he had this all in his I head like that him. he just thought that, Yeah. And in one interview, investigators on the case said they were almost certain he, being Patterson, had to have done other things that led up to this, maybe stalking or peeping or something, because although he never admitted to anything of the sort, they just honestly couldn't believe that somebody would be capable of going from zero to 100 like that without any incidents before. But, I mean, either way, this guy is now behind bars, but... Yeah, that was a question I had because I was thinking, surely he's had to escalate up to this. But they're saying they don't have any record of him. There was nothing. There were no records of him having any other incidents or run-ins with the law. But they were pretty sure just because it's like, you don't just go from nothing to all of a sudden being able to blast into a place and kill two people in cold blood and then take a girl. So... But like I said, they didn't have any proof of that. But that was just kind of their theory. (sighs) As for Jamie, though, on a lighter note, she has moved forward. She lives with her aunt and uncle now and she attends school. And I thought this was super important to include. So during Jake's sentencing, a family attorney read a statement from Jamie because they didn't make Jamie actually go there um, and face him because that would be awful. Yeah. But she um, had him read the statement from her and that said quote he thought that he could own me but he was wrong I was smarter the statement said I was brave and he was not he thought he could make me like him but he was wrong so I thought that was really cool like I feel like this is very strong she was very strong she was super courageous I can't even imagine being 13 years old and 
just having to make those decisions and put your life on the line to risk like getting out from under well, the bed. And let's keep in mind, I mean, something I hadn't really thought of until this point, she just saw both of her dead parents. And yeah. so she's having to try to cope with knowing that even if she gets out of here, she's not going back to the same home yeah. that she left. Nope. And like she's trying to cope with mourning her parents' death while being held captive under a bed and then also trying to escape. Like that is just... That is so much to have to deal with as a 13-year-old. Oh, I mean, as yeah. a 30-year-old, that's a lot to deal with. She as just a exhibited so much courage and strength and wisdom. And I just, yeah. I don't know how she did it. But I, I really like how assertive her statement is, though. It kind of just puts it back at It was him. like, I'm yeah. better than you yeah. and you didn't get me, which I think this is awesome because in those reports that were released later, Jake the whole time was saying like, I totally had her wrapped around my finger like I was playing mind games with her telling her that she had it so good with me and that and it was really getting her to believe it and she was so terrified of me I completely controlled her like that's the stuff yeah that's saying. what I was gonna say and then she came out and said this and was like no like yeah. basically like she took control back yeah <laughs> like, like I was better than you and I got away from you and another thing that I thought was like really crazy is I think she kept it all together I don't know if she was just in survival mode or what mm -hmm. but she, he was saying in his statements that he thought that she didn't remember that her parents were dead like she had gone into shock or something because he's like yeah she would talk to me about her parents like they were still alive he's like I think mm -hmm. that she just forgot about it but I don't think that she forgot I think she was just I think she was playing him a little bit too and uh, more than that, I think she was just kind of like in survival yeah. mode. Which I mean, there's a I chance just... she could have been in shock. I think either way, though, it sounds like kind of like I was saying, she didn't let herself just sit and... No, but also if your parents just barely died, like I like you don't just immediately start talking about them like they're dead. Like you still yeah. feel that, you know, and she hadn't experienced life without them yet. Mm -hmm. She hadn't been exactly. home to even know that, but he totally thought he had. It sounds like either way though, she didn't sit and wallow in it. I mean, she was, she, she was, was trying, trying to get trying out, to survive. Yeah, yeah. which I'm sure. And they said she's like gotten through it and that she's been, she's gone and gotten help. And like, it's been really good for her moving forward. But I mean, obviously I don't know how you move forward with that from your life. So people like her, I'm sure she's going to be, I hope she's going to be super helpful. I mean, like Elizabeth Smart, she she actually talked to the city of this place at this like meeting about how they could um, kind of come back from it and how like what they could do to like help Jamie help people, and want to help everyone feel more secure. Probably, yeah, exactly, because they had just been. I mean, it, it threw everyone in that mm -hmm. town for a loop because it was such a small city and it was like, oh my gosh, like stuff like this just doesn't happen here. Yeah. And so Elizabeth Smart went and helped that. So, I mean, like, I hope that Jamie can help other people in the future with this too. I mean, yeah. I hope that lots of people don't have situations like this, this but is, I'm not going to lie though. This is really, like really terrified me. I mean, you just never know when like taking a grocery cart back or just standing there waiting for a bus. Oh, like for sure. Somebody... Like I said, every parent's worst nightmare because you want to tell, I mean, when I was a kid, my parents were like that. They were petrified mm -hmm. <laughs> of stuff and they would, a lot of the things they said, I would be like, you're being really irrational right now. Yeah. Like there's no way somebody's just going to snatch me up or like they wouldn't even like it when I was driving home alone late at night and I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm in my car. It's not, I'm nothing's going to happen. But that's yeah. what's scary about, I think even just being like a preteen or a teen you you have this false sense of security like nothing's gonna happen and I think it makes you I don't want to say more susceptible but maybe less alert than oh, you should sure. be and yep. so 
And I think this story really threw the country for a loop because, I mean, nothing like this had happened for a long time Mm -hmm. um, to this extent. And it's just one of those things whenever anything like that does happen that really... I mean, it just reminds you that it's possible, yeah. <laughs> which is really crappy, but you have to be aware of it because you just never know. But they had no idea. There, there was no way they could have known. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was nothing yeah. they could have done they're, differently. They're really lucky, though, that she was able to escape because he had gone to such great lengths. I don't know that they would have caught him. I don't she know didn't, either if, if she, she had didn't gone out. I don't think that they would have either, especially because he was further away from where yeah. I think they were he even really looking. area, yeah. And... It was just crazy, but he, and he was just so calculated in how Mm -hmm. he approached the whole thing. So there was no way his family could have even known, but like, oh, just be careful. If you see a car in your driveway in the middle of the night, I don't know, just... Just uh, be careful always. Mm, that's scary. Not though. A lot to, yeah, that was to a good go case. That, but that was. I'm just glad she two got away. Ago. I mean, that was like an uplifting ending, knowing that she <laughs> took back that control. She is like, yeah, and her she's in a really loving. I mean, her aunt and uncle. She's in a really good a good home, and so she's being taken care of really well. But crazy story. So wow. be careful. Be aware of your surroundings, everyone. I don't mean to make you terrified of your children getting kidnapped, <laughs> but. Just always beware. It's all good. And I say, if you hear somebody at your door, get yourself more than a flashlight. Get yourself some bear spray. Justin's grandma keeps hornet spray. And I was like, why don't you just keep mace? She's like, hornet spray sprays way further than mace. <laughs> so she keeps she herself some hornet fans. spray by the That's bed. So, idea. I mean, I'm just saying, get yourself some wasp spray. Get something, but get more than a flashlight. Something. I know. The other thing, though, that's interesting is, like, I mean, and another important thing to know, I guess I should say, not the other thing that's interesting is even though it's only 0.1% of kids who are reported missing are taken by strangers, the amount of kids taken by people they know is way larger, even if it's yeah. like family members that number or shocked things me like that. <clears throat> when you gave that stat, that's a shocking, I thought yeah, it was going to be a lot higher. It's not, it's not a crazy high number, mm-hmm. but it's also to be important to be aware of the people in your life because mm-hmm. uh, you never know so 100%. not saying that you shouldn't trust your family but you should probably be really aware <laughs> of the yeah. kind of people they are so but you never know so that's the and case of Jamie if you Klaus. go to any of your siblings houses and they're blaring music while they're downstairs yeah, that's go an check issue it out. <laughs> that's an issue it's a little strange <laughs> if you think something funky going on probably something funky going on yeah I don't check know. that out So that's our case today, but on a lighter note, we're going to go into Carbs Corner because food makes us feel (laughs) more safe and happy after we've heard about terrifying murder and kidnapping cases. True. So that's why we do what we do. I feel like a lot of people (laughs) think it's weird that we do You have to end it on a happy note. Otherwise, we're not getting out of this basement. Yeah, otherwise, you get done listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, life is horrible. But then if you listen to food, you're like, hmm. I I love scones. (laughs) So with that, here we go into Carbs Corner. It's Carbs Corner. Okay, everyone, welcome to Carbs Corner. And today we are talking about one of my favorite places ever, which is called Jeremiah's. And it's connected. No, it's not connected, but it's in the same parking lot as a Best Western in Ogden on 12th Street. And if you haven't been there, you definitely need to go because they are famous for their breakfast, especially if you haven't lived in Ogden your whole life. 
um, you might not know about this place, but you definitely need to go. It's true. And the thing, my favorite thing about Jeremiah's is the proportions, man, because oh, it's massive. They, they will bring you a plate that will feed like 12 people. And I love yeah. it. You're always taking home leftovers. I, we went with our friend Whitney for breakfast and we all got the same thing but not the same thing so it's called jeremiah's big breakfast and it's only ten dollars i sound like a commercial but it's only 10 bucks and you get cheap (laughs) hey it's an amazing deal you get hash browns eggs bacon and sausage and then you get to pick between scones pancakes or french toast toast. i don't i think you may be able to get waffles i can't remember but i got the french toast and oh my gosh it's amazing they use a super thick bread but they don't overdo it so it's like soggy but it's so freaking good and squishy and just the the flavor is amazing and you can't finish it at all (laughs) but it was so worth it But that's the best part is because then you have a box of leftovers to take home and breakfast keeps really well i feel like yeah it does i think it does too and you got the scone i got the scone and let me just i just have to help with imagery and i will post a picture i actually put a spoon yeah i put a spoon in the picture because i felt like i really needed to help you understand like the scope of how big this thing is um, when they bring it out on a regular size dinner plate it's like overflowing off the edges of the dinner plate it's huge you're unless you're just starving (laughs) there's no way you're finishing it same with the pancakes the pancakes are huge too like bigger than the plate they're the same size as well and so i I just feel like if carbs are your thing then dinner sized carbs are at Jeremiah's. So get in on that. But the scone is really good. And they have this, um, is it honey butter? Is that what they serve with it? Yeah. yeah I think it's honey, honey butter. butter. It. And then you can just douse it in that. And I just love to like rip huge pieces off and like dunk it in there. It's so good. So good. The French toast, man. I could die eating that French toast. It's perfect in all of its glory. Yeah. <laughs> just, they also oh, have other delicious. kinds of French toast. That, okay. This isn't the only thing you can order. They have lots of food there you can pick from. But this is our favorite because you get, <laughs> I feel like it's the most bing for your buck and you get a ton of food. But they also have some like stuffed French toast that I wanted to try. Oh yeah, we saw that on someone else's things. plate, and that looked good. I heard their biscuits and gravy are really good. I haven't tried that, but their sausage is really good. I'm not a huge sausage person, Me either. but it's really good. They yeah, like sausage links, and it's yummers. I used to hate sausage, but I've grown to it a little bit. At least, in but that you'll form. eat Jeremiah's, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Or I usually like sausage if it's like cut into slivers, because then I can see through and it doesn't look funky. Sometimes it looks weird. <laughs> and Erin was super, super picky on her order, and they were more than willing to make it exactly how she wanted. I <laughs> so. like bacon burnt. I want it when it touches my tongue to like go and just like dissipate in char <laughs> and get your tongue burnt because I feel like that's oh, what it's happens. So good. <clears throat> it's um, just like I want it to crumble and just disintegrate because it's so charred. I like mine cooked pretty good, but not that good. <laughs> yeah, that's but like and then cooked. yeah, they will do it however you want. So make sure you go check them out. I will say if you're going on a Saturday, plan on having to wait a little while. People know it's good. So people know it's good. And you can call and get on the list but ahead of time, but they don't have like reservations. So usually you have to call like 20 minutes before and then you'll you'll go check in and you probably still have to wait a little bit because it's, it's busy, busy. and it's also because everyone knows it's amazing it's amazing and also they're doing their best to like space out tables and stuff right now because of rona um you can also get takeout though so check That's it out all good oh, it's so all good. good amazing go check out jeremiah's and come up to ogden don't come find us because I don't want you to find us. Yeah, creepy, based on this case, you, you just keep your distance. <laughs> uh, but make sure you go there. And then 
besides that, I hope you all have a good week and I hope you have a good new year and a good start to your year. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast on whatever one you're listening to. Like us, follow us on the Instagram and Facebook. Um, We just got done doing a giveaway, but we're going to be doing another one here pretty soon. So make sure you check that out and share it with frenzies. I don't know why I call them your frenzies, but it's fine. It is what Am it I is. Am I your frenzy? I'm a frenzy. What is a frenzy? No, that's a frenzy. That's fine. Uh, but that's frenzy it. sounds like a friend hurricane. I think I'm one of those. A frenzy. You come at me like frenzy. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we're saying anymore. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, but we love you all. Have a good week. And remember to fight crime. And eat carbs. <laughs>